Welcome back, guys, to Not Just a Bikini Girl podcast. This is your host, Jasmine Jeffrey. And I'm going to say, like, just to start, if there's loads of dogs, I can't help it. I have seven dogs. It's a crazy house. But I am, like, so excited to have these two on. They are the head judge. Well, I would say the head judge. And are you the EMC, Mike? That's what you class yeah. yourself? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of a big deal. But these guys have been so great for me to kind of introduce me to a different side of the industry that I wasn't, I didn't have the opportunity to be a judge. But the way that these two guys have mentored me and helped me, it's been amazing. And there's always like little snippets that they're saying, I'm like, oh, I really want them on a podcast episode. So we have them on, but I'll let them introduce themselves. But they've just been a massive, massive just massive mentor and I've learned so much from you guys it's been ridiculous it's only been a year <laughs> oh, yeah. but I mean that's lovely to hear that really is you know um but sorry my name is Lisa Gelsey I'm currently um head judge for Fitex absolutely loving it previously part of the judging panels and still part of the judging panels from everything from UK BFF to the IFBB Pro League to NABA um IBFA have invited us to do some judging for them um, so currently at the moment, we've got, maybe this isn't quite the right word to say it, but plenty of fingers and plenty of pies. Yeah. Only in as far as that gives us such pleasure um, seeing so many brilliant physiques. And it doesn't really matter what federation that is, to have the ability to have that, you know, and see them. To me, I think it's a great pleasure and it's a bit of an honour, you know. But um, previously, a heavyweight bodybuilder, that's where I started off. Um, which started from karate, which a lot of people already know. And that's how I met Mike. Oh, sorry. That's how I met him. Go on, do your introductions. Yeah, I'm Mike. That's no. it. <laughs> As, <laughs> okay, that's it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so obviously, as Lisa said, that's, we met through karate. We um, both used to fight for the Welsh team many moons ago. And then we we both really got into uh, weight training through karate, really. Both yeah. of us did. Um, and then kind of the gym took over. Then we both eventually competed. We've, we, we own our own gym. We've had four of our own gyms. Um, we've run gyms for other people. And then it just became a progression through competing we became friendly with a guy called Paul Grant, um, who was in the first Pumping Iron film. Um, he used to, he's actually in Pumping Iron. Um, he did the amateur universe the day before the Olympia, I think, yeah. in, in that film. But anyway, we, I competed in that show in 1996, and then we became friends with Paul, and we used to help him with the show every year since then. So the show in Port Talbot that we still run was that, you know, we've been back there every year, apart from COVID, since 1996. Oh my God. Um, and then that sort of, from there, it went on to, as Lisa said, UKBFF. Lisa went straight into judging. She's far more experienced with the judging than I am. I've done... Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's... <laughs> but it's true. Yeah. Um, you know, I have done, you know, my fair share of judging, but not to the extent of Lisa. But... My, when we were both with the UK BFF from there, I kind of started doing running backstage at all the shows, the British Championships. Then that kind of went into going on stage, you know, with the competitors, telling them where to stand, 
and etc i'd be lucky enough to you know we've been back we used to do a lot of international shows been lucky enough to we did the arnold in madrid for about six or seven years on yeah. the trot and i used to do the stage at the pro show so i've been on stage with phil heath kai green Sean Roden, yeah. so many of them, you know. So we've between us, we've had so much experience with that. And then really it started off with FitEx, it started with Darren approaching us to say, because we've known Darren for years as well. He approached us to say, look, we're running an expo. We want to run a show there. Will you help us with the judging, get the judging panels and that sort of thing? Then that kind of snowballed into a federation and kind of here we are. (laughs) Isn't it funny in bodybuilding how things just like happen in a weird domino effect and you don't, you can't even see the next domino, but you know something's snowballing and you're like, and then you kind of get to like the engineer and go, huh? Like, how has that all just happened? I think with FitEx, really, why this happens more than anything is because the ethos of every single one of us is the same. It's very much about the passion of the sport, the um, treatment of the athletes, um, how we all conduct ourselves. You know, all of these things are great parts of FitEx. And I think that's what's making it such a, not just a great federation, but a participant for uh, an athlete who's participating in, they are treated with such respect, but also like they're part of a big family. And I really think that's where, as time has evolved, people have lost that sight in so many ways. So the fact that we're all still of that same mindset, that that same vision, I really, you know, fingers crossed, but I can't see why it wouldn't, is going to continue to just grow and grow and grow with the same, you know, the same mindset, the same ethos, but just with the same passion as well. So, yeah, you know, for me, I mean, again, judging with so many, and yes, I'm lucky enough to be the one in the centre, but the judging panel, without doubt, the best I've ever worked with, without doubt, you know, because you just, you're all there for the same reason for the good of the athletes and it's, it's great. Yeah, I think it's, it's really just good. a case of basically, as Lisa said, it's just a case of a lot of like-minded people. We've all sort of migrated together, haven't we? Yeah. So, you know, we yeah, everyone's got different backgrounds, etc. But, you know, as Lisa said, we're all in it for the right reasons and that is for the good of the competitors. Yeah. yeah. I want to go back to the first time you both ever judged. Can you remember it? Yeah, I can remember it, definitely. And it was a local show in Tembe, actually. Where's Tembe? West no, no. Wales. Yeah, West Wales. It's a holiday destination in West Wales. Oh, yeah. It was on, a, was it in the holiday camp? I think yeah. it was, yeah, yeah. yeah it, was, it was actually on a holiday, in the holiday camp. And it was actually, it was, I'm sure it was Neil. that. Yes, Neil. so um, Neil Hill, who now, who's obviously, he coached, Flex mm-hmm. Lewis to all his Olympia wins, etc. Well, it was his show. Yeah. Oh, cool. But even, but even that, we were, you know, we've been so lucky that I've literally judged Flex from his very first competition. So to watch him evolve as a bodybuilder, but as a friend as well, because yeah. I mean, I, he's a local lad, but he's, he's still a little distance away from us. But, <laughs> you know, we still speak to him often, you know, just such a lovely, lovely guy. But to have been and 
fortunate enough to watch people evolve into just fantastic athletes, brilliant bodybuilders. Um, it has been a privilege. But yeah, that was my very first was really um, was in Tenby, a little local show. How yeah, was you on a oh. scale of one to 10? Was you uh, Jasmine level <laughs> at Leeds? <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't that bad. No, no, no. <laughs> Wait, my favorite was going through the roof that whole day. I kept checking it. I was like, I need to calm down. I need to breathe. I need to eat pick a mix, or I'm just not going to do that. Though, as well, I was lucky in as far as, and I mean this, when I first started weight bearing exercise, when I first started training, it was absolutely 100% a male dominated environment. Mm -hmm. Women was just, it wasn't there. But that didn't phase me at all because I came from karate, which was another male dominant yeah. activity. So I never felt as if I was a girl in a boy's sport. Mm -hmm. I was always a girl in a girl's sport, always. But, um, you know, by then I competed a couple of times, as I said, as a bodybuilder. Um, so I had that respect from my fellow athletes, but also from my fellow judge members, mm -hmm. because I was a bodybuilder in a bodybuilding world. Yeah. So I never, whereas, of course, now, and don't get me wrong, people are far more acceptant of and offer more respect to the judging panel than they did a little while ago. But to have a bikini athlete judging a heavyweight bodybuilder, they would have been uproar about it. You know, but now people appreciate whether you're a bikini athlete or you're a heavyweight bodybuilder, you still have to have the same work ethic. You still have to have the same mindset. It's no easier for a bikini athlete than it is for a bodybuilder. I'm sure there's people that still argue that, but you still have to go through that pain, the suffering, the commitments, the consistency as everybody else on the stage. And people respect that, you know, but also I think as well with the experiences that I've had judging from, as Mike said, at the Arnold Schwarzenegger Classic, when you've got a thousand athletes to judge over two days, then that's a leveler, you know? Um, the biggest, as I've told you before, the biggest category I ever did was 57 athletes in one in one category. Whoa. But pull those big girl pants up and you just got to get on and do what you've got to do. So the experiences I've had have always and still some will say, are you nervous? No. No. <laughs> no. So as I said, once you've experienced that, to have even finals final athletes when you can have some two three hundred in the whole show that is okay that's that's okay you know when you've got a thousand athletes oh yeah. okay then so yeah but, but I, th I think that's what lisa then when you know you started judging last year she can bring that experience that she had and say no it's okay just chill yeah. have a deep breath i will never forget the first show i did at leeds and i thought bikini yes my hometown i was like brilliant it's like i came back to my hometown all the bus routes had changed and i was like well all the numbers and then my dyslexia was playing i was like and then the guy next to me was absolutely increasing i was like i can't do this i can't do this right eight numbers one and then i gave i think i gave you the list you're like no jazz i was like ah for god's sake how is like the key out of all these classes today the one that i could beat is the one that i'm like having a eebie i was just dying i look back now and i laugh but it was so funny yeah, but that's that's so good to hear yeah because the thing is again it's because you cared so much if you didn't care you would literally be blase about it abc really 
you don't but you cared so much and again it's a it's a class that you're very passionate about yeah. and it's that passion that makes sure as a judging panel we get it right and you get that as still as a as an athlete and a competitor you want to make sure that the right person is in the right uh, the right place in yeah yeah, yeah to yeah. make sure that and that's as, as important to you as it is to the athlete Please. But I, I mean, you'll probably bear me out on this. There's a friend of ours. He's quite prominent in a another organisation. I'm not going to name any names, yeah. but I remember he used to come to shows, and he'd say to Lisa, uh, "Well, why, you know, why is that guy placed there? Why is this? Why is that?" And she said, "I tell you what, come and start judging." Yeah, I can do this. That's easy. And then he sat next to Lisa at the judging table, and he was a bath of sweat. <laughs> and he was like, shit, this is totally different now. When you've got a place, you can, you know, you must have obviously before you started judging, mm-hmm. you you'd think, oh yeah, I can generally you'll pick the winner. Yeah. Maybe, or you know, top two, top three, whatever. But then when you've got to place every single person in that class, it's a different kettle of fish yeah. then. You know, and you realize also as a competitor what every single person is putting into that to get on stage yeah. and you you just want to get it right for them don't you yeah i still find uh i found luck from last year again this could completely change i found first place fairly like i was like yeah i'm very confident it was my second third fourth where i thought oh because then it's like when you're going through and we'll go into this when you're going through the criteria and all the uh, parts that's when for me i was like oh this I can feel the heat and I will never forget the expo of, was it class one? I forgot which class it was. Yeah, yeah. class one. I just thought, well, I, I changed my mind like every quarter turn. I thought, this is nuts. Like, this is actually crazy, but this is what happens and people don't realise. Yeah. And, but it, as I said, you know, it is, it's, and conversations like this is good because athletes realise that it can literally change as they turn around. Yeah. You know, and that's the whole point of the quarter turns. But also that's the whole point of the quarter turns being consistent and you all do the same. Because as a judge, it's hard enough as it is because there are literally so many, uh, you know, tiny little things that can make a difference. But if that pose from competitor number one to competitor number three is totally different, that is like, what? Whoa, hang on, right. No, that's why you all stand the same because, it's, again, it's not just as easier for the judge, but it's fairer for you because the judge can see exactly the same in every single um, quarter turn. Yeah. And that is the whole point, point of it. Sometimes I'm sure people think we're just trying to be horrible, but it's not. It really isn't. It is. It's there for a reason and they're there for a purpose. Yeah, one million percent. Yeah. So let's go through. What well, we, we, obviously different federations have different like ways of how they break all these parts up, but talk to us about how FitEx judge each class. What are the fundamentals that we are looking for? Right, and honestly, this is the same for whatever category, whatever federation. Symmetry, balance, proportions. Condition applicable to the class and overall stage presence. That is the same. Symmetry is king. Now, symmetry is not me being symmetrical to Mike. Symmetry is my own symmetry to myself, okay? Your balance. Balance is obviously top half to bottom half. Proportions, and again, my one shoulder to my other shoulder. That's my balance, that's my proportions. Obviously, I shouldn't have shoulders that are absolutely capped, 
with a little wizen arm hanging off the eye end of it as well. I can't have a full bicep and a flat tricep. That's my proportions, that's my balance. But of course, again, symmetry is always about the X-frame. Shoulder to shoulder, taper through to the waist, thigh to thigh. And on the video that I put up on um, bodybuilding, I highlighted as well, even in your quarter turns. And I was, I, no, I wasn't surprised, but I was pleased to hear that, that we did the um, posing course and there was quite a, an accomplished bodybuilder on there. And as I was doing the, um, the judges seminar after the posing course, he was quite surprised to hear exactly what symmetry and what body parts are supposed to be symmetrical to actually engage and achieve the X-frame. So that was quite nice as well. So even though bodybuilders are, they know, you know, yeah, got it. Know what the judge is looking for. Oh, really, is it? Ah, oh, I didn't realize that. So of course, these things, and that's why we open up the courses. We open up the judges' courses because there's nothing to hide. Everybody can come and hear whatever they want to hear. But again, the more information an athlete or a coach or a judge has, the more educated they are, the better chance they've got to produce and perform on stage exactly as we'd like to see it. The symmetry, always, 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 always. Balance and proportions. Conditions applicable to the class, obviously, depending, especially with women, the more conditioned they are will determine what figure class they're going into, for instance. Okay. And then overall stage presence, your posing routines, the way you present yourself, your attire, all these things then will just make the difference, whether it's first or second. What element do you think people fail on the most? Honestly, your ability to pose. <laughs> <laughs> So let me describe usually what happens on a lot of shows. Because, say, in general, I'm on stage yeah. with a microphone in hand, sort of sat at the middle of the table. So I can call a category on. I'm kind of not looking at them. You know, I'm obviously not concentrating. I'm just make sure they're in a straight line. Yeah. But I, I'm looking at Lisa in the front. And I see her literally sit up and take notice. Because as you've experienced, you're judging physique after physique and you are there to do a job but you're doing it for hours yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and but then when i can i can see it in lisa and she's judged literally like i said like she said at the arnold it was a thousand competitors so she's literally judged thousands on thousands of people over the years oh. but the competitor will be walking on stage and it could be any category and i can literally see her sitting up in a chair and i know exactly what she's thinking we've got a good one here yeah you know she, i can see it and then they start posing and i literally can see a slump in a seat it's like oh you kind of let yourself down all that hard work that you've obviously put in mm. and that's the best way to describe it so you put all the effort into the gym your cardio your training your diet and everything's on point apart from you mm. didn't know how to present it yeah. And, and, you know, I say this to a lot of people, when it comes to judging, there is no backstory. All I have is you stood there in front of me for some 15 minutes. Yeah. Right? I don't care how cardio fit you are. I don't care how aerobically fit you are. I don't care how fit you're for the gym. I need you fit for the stage yeah. because that's all you're going to be judged upon. That's it. But as I said, so even for people coming out, 
and listening to this. The minute you step onto that stage, the judges are judging you. They really are. Trust me, they really bloody are. My God. So don't wait until you turn in front of me because I've already decided. (laughs) And of course, the thing is, when you know there's going to be relatively big classes, I, me personally, I'll pick my top five. Don't get me wrong. I'm not placing anybody. But my five that I think, here we go, these are going to be special. I'm picking them as you walk out. So because when you walk out, you give all the games away. There's people walking out. They don't think about pulling their bellies in. They leave their bums hanging down. Their just shoulders are slumped. So straight away, well, if you can't even get the walk out right, I know there's not going to be much more coming. Yeah, yeah. I always say to people, Lisa's got eyes like a hawk. She doesn't miss anything. And I always say to competitors, imagine you're being judged yeah. by a panel of Lisa's. <laughs> <laughs> and so as soon as your toe hits the stage, you're being judged and you're still being judged until your heel walks off at the other side. Yeah. yeah. That's the best way to describe it. One instance in particular, and I was with a judge that was, you know, a, a standard and um, a lineup came out and, and again, I was head judging. And again, I you know, as I said, the thing is, it's never about discussion as in who should be first, who should be second. Or, and it's never that. Oh, number six is, God, he's good. He's, oh, sharps condition. I went, he is, he's very good physique. So it's just a shame about his legs. What do you mean? I said, his legs? Why, what do you mean? I said, the fact that one is like that and the other one's like that. It's about half the size. He said, oh my God, you're right. It's like, you haven't noticed that. <laughs> and as I said, so his symmetry, balance and proportions, I know, I think was straight off. Obviously you know? the competitor had an issue. Yeah. But as you say, you're there to judge the physique. You know, you don't yeah. go, oh, bless him. You know, at the end of the day, let's take a prime bloody example of you guys judging me. It was so funny, right? I'm going to be completely (laughs) honest. People after that, they were like, oh, with politics involved. And I kind of just laughed and I thought, if there was ever, ever going to be politics, you would think it would have been of that show. But there obviously wasn't. And I was like, even when I judge and then I'm on the other side and I don't place, people are still putting oh, it must have been politics. I'm like, how? Because I know them really well. I was like, that would make no logical... If there was, you'd have won. Exactly! I can't. I just can't anymore sometimes. People politics every five minutes, and it's like, sometimes it's not your day, it's not your fed, and it's just not not your time, which is fine. Like, it's not a big deal, and it's okay. Like, everyone, I came off stage, everyone's like, Chaz, I was like, Guys, I'm fine. Like it is what it is. Like it because I've been on the other side. I knew, but it was interesting the perception of people going, "Well, it was definitely politics." And well, it wasn't politics yesterday because I did well yesterday and I didn't do well today. So it's like it's not politics. It's just so I 100. percent I'm going to tell you a story now (laughs) that um, Lisa judged me when I competed in the European, the IFBB Europeans. probably 14 years ago. So anyway, so it was the, I was in the light heavyweights. Lisa said to Pavel, the head judge from Poland, my husband's in this next category. Maybe I should sit out. Mm. And he said to her, you're a good judge. 
I will put you in whatever panel I see fit. I love that. So, and she judged me. She placed me fourth, and fourth is where I came. There you go. And I mean, yeah. as a competitor, and people have said to me, well, Alan, wasn't I upset with her? And it's like, well, no, because that's where, it wasn't just her opinion. That was obviously the opinion of the whole panel. Mm. Yeah, I, they had gorgeous medals that year, and I'd love to have had just the bronze one would have been nice. But, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> but you know and then looking back on it I was happy at that, that high level you know to make a top six of that show great but for me I wouldn't like to be placed as a competitor higher than I should if I didn't deserve it mm-hmm. you know and yeah. so there was three better people than me that day yeah, yeah. <laughs> Simple it's as that. Yeah. Deep, is it really? I think so. No, no. <laughs> no, unfortunately, as you say, people seem to think there's some sort of, you know, big secret. And, and as I said, if there was any secrets, the uh, the judges' meetings would be closed. They're not. They're open. Come. I don't care. And as I said, the thing is, we've got nothing to hide. And politics, a scandal is always so much more interesting. You know, it's, it's so much more fun to talk about something, you know, and it's even better to make shit up and then just let it continue. You know, that's just, oh, I great. think anything that's judged, you're going to yeah. have controversy. Yeah. Anything that's judged. Crafts, flower shows, you know, anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's dancing. I can imagine yeah. people at a flower show just going with their flowers and just going, right, they, slamming their flowers on the judging table and be like, <laughs> What have you got to say about it? Brilliant. You've seen Morrissey, haven't you? Yeah, that's what he does. Yeah. But of course, as you say, it's just, unfortunately, it's not a sport where the first one to cross the line is the winner. Yeah. Yeah, it's very true. And I think from the years I've been, obviously not as many as you guys, but being on the the judging panel, tanning as well at shows, you get a very, very different insight when you are tanning and then being the competitor being backstage and like all of this tart all of this stuff I always think guys like if it doesn't go your way I know I know it hurts but it's not personal and it's not that deep if you think it is then that is a conversation most of the time that you need to be having with yourself because and it's cliche as it sounds I, I play I've placed last I've placed first I've placed all over now and that doesn't really dictate how I feel on the day anymore. It really doesn't. Because it's only such a small part of the day as well. And if you've had a, you can have the best show day ever, but plays dead last. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, as well. I've, um, I don't know if you know, but I've got a few tattoos, right? <laughs> Just a few, right? But there's one I've got on my back and it's something that I've, and why I put it there is because it's something I've lived with and I believe for the longest time. And it says, success is the journey, not the destination, Mm. right? And if your prep and if your show day and everything about that, it's the best, it's been a complete success. You don't need a bit of resin or a bit of plastic to tell you how good you are. If you truly need that bit of plastic, maybe have a little, you know, as you say, have a little look at what really is what it's about. Mm. But more than anything, you know, and you know, and we certainly know, and you do, that it is not about Jasmine. It's about number seven. Yeah. It's not about Mike. It was about number 14. It's not about Lisa. It's about number three. Mm-hmm. We don't know anything about you except the number you have. 
And I make a point. Now, there's, there is some federations that are big into this. Social media. Social media followings, social media influence. Social, I don't give a shit about social media. And I don't, you know, and I don't with this with any disrespect. I really don't need to know anything about you on that day other than about what you can do on that stage. And yeah. unfortunately, as you say, politics or otherwise, there's nothing more to it than yeah. that. And I, nothing I, more. I say this at the competitors' meetings before the show starts that, you know, on show day, we don't care as judges what, how many followers you've got on social media, who your coach is, mm -hmm. who, what you've placed before. You might be a world champion. Fine. You're judged by what we see on that day of the show. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Because I've, I've tried different federations and I like trying different federations because sometimes like your physique and like the way you present yourself, everything will fit another one better. But at the yeah. same time, you might bring a different look. So you have to kind of determine whether it's, is it the federation that has caused this different result? Or is it the look that I brought? Because if I, like the look that I brought throughout my whole season last year was very inconsistent. So it's no wonder that my placings were sometimes inconsistent as well. So it's like, it is assessing everything, not just yeah. the federation, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Because even in, even in the same federation, depending on where you are in the world, it's a totally different look. Mm. Totally different look. You know, um, and again, UK BFF, IFBB internationally, the difference between a UK BFF athlete or a NABBA athlete to a universe athlete, or even then from a, a European to a world, and literally the European stage to the world stage, totally different. Mm -hmm. The Arnold athletes, totally different again. You know, but, and again, that's because you're bringing judges from all over the world with yeah. different mindsets and different, you know, and different looks. So absolutely. Now, as you say, a PCA physique compared to a NABA physique compared to a FITEX physique compared to UKBF, uh, they're all different. Yeah. So sometimes don't pick the show that fits your timetable Pick the show and the federation that suits your physique. Because at the end of the day, you know, and not necessarily you're going to have a better result, but the look of federations can be quite different. Yeah. Can be quite different. Yeah. But also what I say to competitors themselves is, whatever your strengths are, go with that rather than trying to be something that you yeah. aren't. As an example, when I was competing, I could always get into really good condition. I wasn't the biggest. The one year I tried to come in bigger and fuller, I, I spoke to a pro at the time, asked him how he carved up and right, I'll give it a go. After about two days, it looked like I never even dieted. And I tried to pull it back and it just didn't look good on show day. So then I realized, well, condition's my thing. Let's just go yeah. with it, you know? Yeah, but and I mean, the thing is, you've heard me say, Jazz has heard me say this story before, but that's the thing. Men will do that. Women, unfortunately, see a look, they like a look, and they try and morph themselves into the look. Yeah. And I still really just wish girls as well, just bring yourself, just be yourself. But, you know, I, I, it was a Europeans, wasn't it? Yes. I think it was the first time you judged at European level. And um, 
the girl that had won previously was a black velvet bikini, black shoes, perfect hair, black hair, and she said she'd won it the year previously. And then all of a sudden, there's like 30, 30 girls coming out exactly the same. Shit. Same bikinis, same shoes, same hair. It was yeah. literally like a conveyor belt of dolls. They were beautiful, <laughs> absolutely stunning, but there was just nothing to differentiate one from the other. And that was, to me, that was such a shame because there was 30 individual girls, but yet they were all clones of the winner. Oh, well, that's obviously what the judges are looking for. Oh, yeah, so, I was going to say that. Like, you get that a lot, and I get it a lot on the DMs. People saying, oh, well, you know, I really want to go for this colour because everyone wearing it, and I think that's what the judges are looking for. And I hear it backstage as well. I always remember someone last year going, oh, well, you know, you know, the guys love a red bikini. I'm like, my color, my husband's colorblind. If he judged the judging panel, he would not be able to see that red, I can tell you now. <laughs> You're the best one in the world. And this is what I say, right? Some of the bikinis, don't get me wrong, it's your money you do as you wish. But some of the monies that they're spending on the bikinis are absolutely outrageous. Sorry, bikini makers, but it's outrageous. At the end of the day, if you're paying fives and six hundred pounds for bikinis, why don't you just narrow that down a bit and invest in your bodies? Because that's what we're judging. I don't care if you judge if your bikini is from Primark and you've jazzed it up yourself. I don't care because I'm not really as long as everything's covered and everything's where it needs to be. I really don't mind. I think as well, like for me these days, I now would I don't think I'd ever really get my own suits when you can get a rental for like I always use my Georgia Rose example but like a hundred pound or 150 whatever it is to rent that bikini but then on top of that people will spend 500 pound on one bikini but you can actually get your whole look for 200 quid which obviously still is a lot of money but like there's a lot of ways that you can reduce the cost if you're just smart about it yeah, and it doesn't impact things you'd be surprised because I, I appreciate this company is doing this but girls, I mean, I've got a load of girls in the gym, right? And their bikinis are there and they hire them out for 50 pounds. Yeah. So it's doable. So then you've got one girl, it's an eight shows. And for the price she probably paid for one, she's won eight different bikinis. Yeah. You know, so I mean, that's, it's, it's a big enough expense as it is. And it's got to be these shoes. Now, as long as you can walk in the shoes and they're comfortable, I really don't care. We don't care about that one to hear. <laughs> don't worry. It's yeah. fine. But you say on the same token, if somebody wants to do that Absolutely. and spend hundreds of pounds, not an issue, but we won't be judging it. Yeah, yeah it's just not feeling the pressure. I think that's the, the, the bad thing sometimes yeah. with, with competitors. I think with this industry from a marketing point of view as well, and I have discussions about this with my girls, I'm like, it would be so easy in certain people's positions in this industry to play on those insecurities of saying, oh, well, you know, you need to get the best this, the judge that only looking for this, this, this. And there's been quite a few yeah. times when we've been advising on jewellery and they've asked my, the girls in the DMs gone, Jazz, what would you do? I'm like, no jewellery. They're like, what? I'm like, it doesn't need jewellery. And there's, I, but you know that you could easily say to them, yeah, you definitely need this, this, this. I'm like, no, like it yeah. is about the refinement. Yeah. And as I said, the thing is, at the end of the day, we are judging the physique. The rest of it is nothing more than just really to make you feel a little bit better. Mm. Because when bikini was first brought in, and I mean, the thing is, as I said, I'm sure people would argue, but first judge to judge bikini class. Right? And when they did it, there was uh, four athletes in bikinis that you were bought out of the shops. 
You didn't buy, there was nothing. There was no major bikinis. They were literally off the peg bikinis, okay? But on the back end of that, it is literally, and I, I was the first one to ever do a posing course ever, right? But on the back end of that, an industry has developed, mm -hmm. yeah? And it is, it is now an industry. Bikini athletes are an industry on their own, yeah? Mm -hmm. So like yourself and what, you, and what your business is, again, and it's what bikini has turned into. You would literally, literally just be an off a peg of bikini and it would be a pair of shoes. Any shoes, it didn't matter, all right? But then one girl wore the clear heels. That's what they're looking for. No, we're really not. We're really, really not. Where you know? did the no platform... I've always been, like, intrigued by this because the no platform rule was from UK BFF. And then from there, there was, like... From when I came into the industry, that was, like, the thing. And now, obviously, things have like progressed and like diluted and everything like that. So talk to me about the no platform rule. Two things. One, you're in a high category. <laughs> you're in a high category, right? So straight away, if you're however many centimeters and all of a sudden you've got a platform on the front, we've gone and there is no high category, it's all been gone, okay? And the second one was for people's safety because the, the platforms at the front Certainly with some of the shoes they were wearing, the actual sole that was on the floor was way smaller than the foot sole. So they were tottering all over the place. Yeah. And of course, then we had fitness routines and the fitness girls would go on and the fitness boys and they'd be glazed and they'd be oiled and they'd be tumbling over the floor and they'd be doing all sorts of things and, you know, fantastic routines, but there would be oil or glaze all over the floor. So of course you had girls slipping and it, you know, and it was, it was more for their own, their own safety. And also then having a height category where you'd have three girls that were flat soles and then some that were platforms, they were literally all over the place. So they were the two reasons why it was safety and for the height. Because there's a few people that ask me questions about the, this like, I think it's called the Allure, and they're like six inch heels, right? With an inch platform. I'm like, you don't need six inches. Five is a very, 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 very max. You do not need six inches. Like, there's just no, there's, there's no, no reason. reason. No. And, and of course, the thing is, so as you say, the most important thing is for people's safety. But unfortunately, there are some coaches out there that encourage their athletes, male and female, to drink backstage. Now, bearing in mind, these boys and girls that have not drunk for the last 16 weeks and then encourage them to drink anything from litre bottles of vodka to glasses of wine to bottles of wine, and it's just getting out of hand. But of course, the trouble is when you haven't had a drink and you start slugging this neat alcohol down you, there's, well, one girl, how she just didn't go straight over the front of the stage, absolutely drunk. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You know, <laughs> and of course, there was times that we'd have, you'd have banners on the stage and they'd be walking into the banners and the banners would be falling over. Oh, they, yeah. So, bad. so to have a shoe that when you're comfortable and you can walk in on a normal day without the nerves, the adrenaline, the oil, the everything else that's going with it, it's so much better for the athletes, so much better. Yeah. But yeah, I think it is, no, way too much. Yeah, I started on like some four inch 
four and a half with the I'm always a strap girl. I don't like again, people go, Oh, do I just want to see a strapless because it elongates the legs? I'm like, trust me, hun, we have no time to look at your ankles. Like zero yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. Zero. And that's coming from me. You have zero time to look at the ankles, hun. <laughs> exactly. And as I said, the thing is they they're getting so caught. And uh, one girl in particular, one girl came to me and she said, um, I'd like to compete. Yeah, lovely, no problem. I've seen it all over social media. Yeah, lovely. I got my hair extensions booked. I've ordered my bikini. I bought my shoes. I got all my jewelry. Right, that's lovely. Right, okay, that's fine. So what's your training split? What? <laughs> your, tra- your training split. You know, what days do you do what body parts? Well, I've never been in the gym. Okay, okay, great. Tell you what. Off you go for two years. Give me a ring then. Bye. You know, and as I said, the thing is, they're focusing on the glamour side of it, which is literally the very, very top of that that mountain you have to to climb. But as you said, that's that's the thing is, is focusing on the physique that's inside whatever attire. Men, women. Mate, I can imagine hair extensions on stage with the stage lights. You feel hot anyway, but with that much hair on your head, no, I, I think I would just pass out. I'd be too hot. <laughs> have, you, have you have you not noticed when they come in with their hair on a hanger? Yeah. No, I've never. Come. <laughs> I will now, thanks to you. I'll be like, <laughs> you'll be looking up for that one. Yeah, literally. Yeah, thank you. All the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's. I always think it's like that fine line, and I think less is more. Less yeah. is more from from my point of view whether it's like a judging thing or a combat thing, it's less is more. You don't want anything that's going to distract from what is actually being judged, which is ultimately the X-frame, the symmetry, balance, proportion, all that sort of stuff. You don't want anything that's going to, you know, if you're wearing like the biggest bracelet, then it's probably going to cover half your arm. Then that's, yeah. that's yeah, not absolutely right. Much. Yeah. You know, and, and men included now, they, they feel as if they want to be a standout, which is great. But me personally, a plain black trunk yeah. every time. When I competed, never wore anything apart from black trunks, but ever. if you had a colour, what would you have gone for? I don't know. As he said, <laughs> as he said. Yeah, yeah, obviously, I'd wear black. <laughs> Honestly, I probably would, it wouldn't have even entered my head. Um, right. But that's the thing. I mean, <laughs> but it's fine if people want to wear other colours, but don't wear something so bright that that's what the focus is. Yeah. Never wear a, a white bikini or a white trunk. <laughs> I've seen somebody wearing white bows and trunks. That's it's not, not a good nice. look. Yeah. Yellow. Because the tan, just literally when it goes down, all it does is make you look like you shit yourself yeah. <laughs> um, you know it's, it's the way it is so uh, of course the thing is it's, it's again it's about exactly as you say distractions don't think of distractions you know, i've seen bodybuilders dye their hair all sorts of bright colors which is fine cool if that's what you want to do but they think it's oh i'm gonna stand out <laughs> yeah, but it's for all you the wrong should reasons. stand out because of your physique a big thing that i always talk about on compact is like not going for like the glitziest piece of jewelry that's catching your eye and that's why i have the measurements of like all you know all the centimeters of the jewelry because you don't want something like that's gonna like it basically if you've got jewelry which is way too long and it's coming over your shoulder 
it's just going to make you look like hunched and like your necks, you're not going to be able to like elongate and it completely throws it all off. And people think I'm a weirdo. Like, can you just like get a measurement of your earlobe to your shoulder? They're like, why? I'm like, because you don't want, because it is difficult to like tell someone, look, don't go for the prettiest. You've got to really, don't go with your irrational part of your brain. Go with your rational part, which is like making sure you're not doing anything that, as you say, that is going to distract because there's nothing worse. The thing is, a lot of the time I will say to um, some of the girls that are coming up, you know, shall I, my, my big this and I, and, you know, my, I'm going to go with this colour red and I'm going to go with that. I said, listen, whatever you would wear on a Saturday night out with your partner or whatever, and you feel a million bucks, that's plenty. Yeah. You know, and as I said, the thing is, if you don't wear hair extensions, don't have hair extensions. If yeah. it's, you're not used to them, don't do it because they just become so awkward. So awkward. And you can always tell somebody that's done it at the last minute, always, because they will always, as you say, trying to do what they can with it. And it becomes a distraction because they're not used to having this hair all down their back and, and stuck on their shoulders. And don't do it. If you've got short hair, roll with short hair. It's yeah. cool. I think, well, right. Sorry, Mike. Nails. I did once, once upon a time, I did nail extensions for show. It was the worst thing I ever did because I couldn't, I'm not used to them. So I couldn't put anything on. I was literally like trying to claw and my bikini trying to put it on me. And I thought, I'm never doing this again. And also it was 60 quid, which was ridiculous money, right? So I literally either just get like some like cheap gel or I just get some like nails from Primark. And that girls, trust me, is the best thing you ever do. <laughs> But as I said, how close am I to see that you got yeah. nails done? Yeah. I'm not. I'm really not that close. You know, and as I said, to the extent, I know you'll be surprised. I know you'll be surprised. But these lashes, they're not real. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Right. But I have lash extensions every day of my life. Yeah. They are there every day. Yeah. So I'm used to having them. But as you say, then when the girls go and have them done in the last few days before, and you can like, you all right there, love? Oh, yeah, I just, I just aren't used to them. Well, don't do it then. Yeah. I, I know you said that. I know you're you know, the same. Aren't yeah, you? I know. No, but you you apologise for talking about this, but this is what happens because other people watch in any category. They'll see what other competitors are doing, and they want to do that. So that then filters into posing, etc. And or they want to pose like that competitor, yeah. and it might not suit them. So just yeah. be yourself on stage, and yeah. because if you try to be something you're not, it becomes evident then when you're on yeah. stage, you're gonna look uncomfortable. Yeah, I admit I always thought I don't know why I had I don't know where I got this perception from. Probably just my insecure head, insecure head. But I remember thinking, oh, the judges like they want to see a glue shot when you're doing a transition, and then. I remember, I think I was with Emma Hyman at the time, and she's like, that's just, you, a glute shot isn't your thing. You need to do a side shot, or if you just, it's not going to help you. And then last year, I didn't do any glute transitions. I didn't do any glute shots. Even if I, if I had the chance, I wasn't facing the back, I can tell you now. So like, you know, I really tweaked it and made sure that I was doing what was best for my physique. And it does actually work. And what does happen is that your overall stage presentation goes sky rocket because you are making sure you're doing what is right for you. So it all kind of plays into its own little world. Exactly. And as I said, the thing is, what it'll do as well is straight away, you're far more confident because you're offering your best package 
and confidence wise it, it just as you say it just skyrockets yeah. and there's nothing more maybe this is not quite the right word but there's nothing more attractive and when I say that means I'm attracted by I look at you you're I'm drawn to you yeah. than somebody that's enjoying themselves yeah massively because if you're up there enjoying it by Christ as judges we're enjoying it if you're making it look like torturous anyway and it's not as it's just not a pleasant thing to watch so as you say by finding the poses that suits you as an individual your confidence goes up so if your confidence is up you're enjoying it more and if you're enjoying it more we're all drawn to you and we're enjoying it more yeah. it's, it's absolutely the right thing to do 100 yeah. um and i can just think of um some of the questions i've been like dipping them in when i do the question box but one question that someone asked was are the judges more lenient with first timers in comparison, say for example, first time as bikini in comparison to bikini. No, no, sorry, love, no, no. Every category has a criteria. Now, we all appreciate the first timer is gonna be slightly more nervous, but that does not affect the judging in as far as, you know, because you as a first timer have as much ability to get the knowledge of what's expected of you on that day, whether it be by the posing courses we offer, the judging seminars we offer, going to see other shows, all the videos that um, Laz is putting out there. There's so much visual as well as audio material out there to educate yourself on. And yet I appreciate that's why we're not lenient. It's because everyone in that first timers class is a first timer. So you're against your peers. You're always against your equals. So, no, sorry. No. But that's kind of my job on stage, which nobody else really sees. I saw it. <laughs> no, but when I see people, and this could be any category, whether it's a first timer or somebody that's competed 50 times, if I see somebody nervous or this, you know, they might not look too happy, etc. I'll have a literally it can be just a quick chat with them on stage. You okay? You know, and yeah. But it's stuff like that that you don't see. So yeah, we're not being lenient with them, but I can tell when somebody's being, you know, when they're nervous, etc. And it's I can kind of put somebody at ease, and you know, there's no favourites in that whatsoever. None. But like I said, so that's my job rather than you know, the judge's job is there to judge the competitors as they see fit. Yeah. The best was he? Yes. Yeah, 100%. Another one I wanted to go into is the categories in FitEx and where potentially people are getting a bit confused if they're trying to translate it. So I get that quite a lot of, especially with figure. You know, oh, is um, is your figure just like the like this person's figure? And I'm like, oh, gosh. So I think you'll probably be better to talk about all of this than me. But let's just go for the female categories. And also, what I like you talk about is the female form, the evolution of the female form. Yeah. Oh, you've heard me say that before, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> I have <Yeah>. sold. <laughs> the um, so the female categories. So we start off with bikini. Then, so it's bikini, bikini trained. Then you have figure, figure trained. Now, the reason why it's called an 
in some of the other um, federations, it's figure, athletic figure, trained figure. Now, which is great, but I haven't got three bikini classes. I've only got two. Mm-hmm. So that's bikini, bikini trained. So then it would be obvious to go figure, figure trained. Then physique, which is tantamount to some um, federations that call that trained figure. But again, it's evolving exactly the same as the bikini. Bikini, bikini trained, figure, figure trained, physique, women's bodybuilder, wellness. Okay. So there's bikini, bikini trained, figure, figure trained, physique, women's bodybuilding and wellness. And I'm not saying wellness comes after bodybuilder at all. It's just these six categories are still symmetry, balance, and proportions. Wellness, as we know, the lower half of the athlete would be expected to be somewhat bigger than the top half, mm-hmm. carrying a lot more through the glute, the hamstring, and the quads. Okay, so this is the only category in any federation of any female form that is not expected to be symmetrical and balanced. Mm-hmm. Yes, your proportions have to be in control with your own self, i.e. my two shoulders, my two arms, and my two legs, Mm -hmm. but the bottom half would be bigger. Now, as the categories evolve, the only difference being, and with figure, I don't expect to see the bigger athletes. It's all about being bigger. No, no, no. The bigger athletes would be more conditioned. So that's how you then, it's not necessarily about getting bigger and bigger and bigger, It's more down to the condition of the athlete will determine what category they go in. Now, my bikini athlete and my figure athlete are closer than my bikini and my trained bikini. Uh So because obviously from the trained bikini, from the bikini to the trained bikini, she would be a little bit more conditioned and she would be carrying a little bit more muscle. The figure athlete would probably be condition wise about the same as the bikini, but bigger. Uh Then as your figure form goes, we get a little leaner, a little bit more conditioned, and we work our way through to the women's bodybuilder. The women's bodybuilder would obviously be the most conditioned out of the lot and carrying the most muscle. But all of them, again, it's still about femininity and it's about evolving, as you say, in your own skin. And these are why the female categories are there. It's because it allows the women who I would say 99.9% of us gone into competing because of the love of training. Some girls are happy to be bikini athletes. Absolutely brilliant. Some athletes want to be figure and are happy to evolve into figure athletes. Absolutely brilliant. But the categories that we've given you in all federations allow you to evolve as you wish. Some athletes then are happy to just have a little go of figure and go, I think I prefer being a bikini athlete. Fine no problem. They can go back down. It's allowing your body to do what you want it to do. Mm. And I I think with men, that's where your men's, and not saying that again, it's a beginner's level, but this again, your men's physique, then you go into your um, juniors, then you go in your first timers, then you go your intermediates, then you go to, but again, these are categories that allow you to evolve as well. So having this for women, and men hopefully means we can offer as many categories as we possibly can to get as many competitors in. And that's what it's all about because everybody starts loving the process of training and then they're ready to compete. Competition is a Marmite. 
you either love it or hate it. Once you've done it once, you'll go, that'll do, never doing that shit again. Otherwise, you'll go, I can't wait for the next one. But it's great because it allows the girls and the boys to stay in the sport, which is what it's all about. How does it differ, or if it differs at all, when you are considering, for example, Bikini Junior and uh, Masters Bikini? Right. Now, purely and simply because of, again, how women and men, unfortunately, as we get older, we um, our collagen production slows down somewhat, okay? And obviously, the collagen production then is, is what is assisting our elasticity in our skin. Now, for women, as we get a little bit older, and men, to a certain extent, it's easier to carry body fat in regions that, you know, we'd love that it didn't happen, but unfortunately it does. And for women, it's usually from the belly button to the top of the thigh. And as we get older, we have to work a little bit harder to try and get that range and that area in the same condition or the condition that we'd like for the bikini look. But unfortunately, because we have to work a little bit harder as we get older, you'll probably find then the master's bikini athlete will be a little bit tighter on the top half. Otherwise, before you know it, you've got a physique of two halves, okay? So to get the balance and the proportions that you want in the bikini look, usually, and I would say nine times out of 10, a master's athlete is going to be tighter than a younger athlete. But I think sometimes where the confusion lies, especially with conditioning, so let's talk about bikini. Yeah. Because, but don't forget, as competitors, what they must realize is we can only, as judges, you can only judge what's there in front of you on that day. So you might get a bikini competitor who, in reality, they might win a show, but in reality, is a little bit too lean for that. But they may win. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, the judges are looking for this now. No, they're not. <laughs> But that was the best person in that particular bikini class, as this example, yeah. on that day. Yeah. Or, and then, or you get it in bodybuilding, even on the same day. It's like, well, how come in that category, that guy was really conditioned, and then the winner of the next category was um, just nice and round and full, but nowhere near conditioned. Again, they were just the best ones in those individual categories on that day. Yeah. So yeah. It's not, the judges aren't looking for anything different you judge to the criteria but you can only judge what's there in front of you so of course as you as we say and as we said right in the very beginning about what the judge is looking for symmetry balance proportions if those three are intact competitor number one is already three he's three in front of competitor number two but competitor number two his condition is a little bit tighter but Competitor number one is better, symmetry, balance, proportions, but his condition is not as good. So he's still three in front. So, of course, the thing is, when you start to actually think, oh, yeah, yeah, but he's, he's tighter. Yeah, but where's his shoulders compared to his arms? He got one leg bigger than the other. All right, he's tighter, but this one has got perfect proportion. His symmetry is spot on. His balance is good, but he's not as conditioned. Yeah, so it's not... It's not a condition show. It's not a body part show. Yeah. Oh, look at the legs on that competitor. Well, no, it doesn't, you know, and if something stands out, obviously their symmetry and their balance 
is off. Because if you've got a guy with huge arms, oh, but yeah, he had the best arms in the show. Yeah, but that, <laughs> you know, who cares? Yeah, it's on the arm show. Yeah. 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 You know, at the end of the day, it is called bodybuilding. It's in the title, you know. Still not obvious enough, though. Let's be honest. No, apparently not. Apparently not. <laughs> but no, it's, it's very, very true, though. And I think it's, again, very, very difficult if you haven't gone to a show before as well, because social media looks very, very different to what sometimes is there and I think you get that sometimes with people that are like documented potentially their preps a lot and everyone's like oh how the hell did you not win or oh, you got robbed or you look great it's like everyone looks great by themselves in their best lighting at home trust me we all yeah. look all right there it's when you're all in that lineup and that is what yeah. is very important also like even from a very very tiny change of where you're sitting from a judge's perspective, might look very, very different from an audience perspective. So it's taking those things into consideration and just, yeah, not being too het up with, because I did, I was very guilty of doing that a few years ago. I would literally study who won the week, every single week. And I was trying to like find a little common like thing, which is ridiculous now I realise it. But when I was, you know, first starting out, that's what I thought I had to do. Yeah. But also, as you say, we've talked on, and you hit on something really good there on social media and things like that. There's nothing worse than seeing somebody that's come second, third, fourth, and they'll put up on social media a photograph of the winner just before they hit the pose, but the person who came said, oh, I've already hit it. Yeah. See, see, it's, you know, when, when we were in karate, there was something we were, and you you had to live by this, and it was... Humble in victory and noble, noble in, in defeat. defeat. Say that again. Humble in victory mm. and noble in defeat. Mm. Yeah, and so we always, always ha- took that attitude, always. Because the thing is, as well, there will be a time, and there's, they're quite happy to chastise others on there, including federations and the judges, and it, there will be a day you do want to come back onto that stage. And I'm, I always know there will be somebody that stood next to you that will remember that. But so, as you say, learn and from it. Competing is hard. Yeah. You know, we, we understand that. Yeah. You know, you, what everybody puts themselves through for weeks, months, in some cases, years. But ultimately, as a competitor, you can be from one year to the next, you could make tremendous improvements. But when you step on that stage again, you could be in a lineup with people who are all going to be the next world champions or Olympia winners, and yeah. your placing can actually go down. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, and it, it is disheartening then. I, I, we get it. We understand it. But ultimately, you know, we're just going to judge the best person yeah. on that day. But yeah. also you can flip that coin over and as you're going through the season, you can improve, Yeah, you know, and you can be fourth, fifth, sixth, one week, a fortnight later, you can be the winner. Yeah. yeah. You've improved in that fortnight, but also what's happened to the liner, all mm. these things, you know, there's just so many things that are totally and utterly out of your control, mm. you know, and to a certain extent, as judges, they're totally out of our control as well. Yeah. That's why no matter how good or bad you were a fortnight ago, you will be judged brand new as if we've never seen you before. 
Yeah, say for example you look at someone and you're like oh two weeks ago you look really good but today but i'm gonna judge you on what you look like two weeks ago it's like no you can't do that so your whole year of judging last year so i bet probably but when the finals came i don't know if this was the case with you but you might have been thinking oh i remember this competitor from that show looking forward to see him on stage but don't forget at qualifiers it's a totally different standard than in a British finals when there's yeah. winners and people that have yeah. done really well at shows. Then probably some of those competitors that you thought, oh, I'm really looking forward to seeing them. And then in the lineup, you think, oh. Mm. And then when you actually look at them, you probably think, well, actually, no, they're, they're probably even better than they were at the qualifier, but now they're in a better lineup. Yeah. yeah. And it just totally changes things. Totally changes it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but it's not taken away from anyone's like progression or like or you know what they've done. But I do think there is like a fine line between people. And again, like I never want to like point anyone out, but sometimes I see it where you've got a first timer wins their first show. Next show they do, maybe it's a quieter show. And I'm not taking away from anyone's placing, but they win the next show. They're like, oh, I'm I'm getting really good with this. Then suddenly they go into that next show. And then they start to think, well, I, I, I fucked this now. I'm not that good. It's like, no, it's that's not the point. Like, that is yeah. not the point. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, the thing is, one example, what well, is pointless saying it, but anyway, <laughs> he's competed at a very high level, done very, very well, but has sometimes been in categories twos, threes, you know, whatever. But you know, he's really quite pleased with himself that he's done really well in his twos and threes. But then later on in the year went into a class and there was like 14 athletes on the stage whoa but it was he said it was the best one of them all because you had to fight for your place you know and he said he felt he said i felt as if i deserved that place in more than any of the others that i'd ever had before Mm. because it was a brilliant lineup and you had to fight for your place in Mm. and at the end of the day if you're going into a competition it's a competition you know, and you've got to bring your A game, whether it's a qualifier or the finals. Yeah. And you take as much away from that as possible. Now, you've heard me say this before, and again, I say it on posing courses and everything. When you come out as an athlete, please take everything in. Listen to everything that's being asked of you. Listen to all the music. Listen to the crowd. Because before you know it, it's gone. Yeah. All those weeks and weeks and weeks of preparation, training, posing, practice, your cardio, everything, and it's gone in the blink of an eye. So when you come out, try and take it in as much as you possibly can because it is a brilliant experience. But too many people have come away and I go, do you enjoy it? I I think so. (laughs) Why was it? It was just over so quickly. Yeah, but you were on there for half an hour. And it was I, you know, they just don't absorb it all. But you know, as advice, as if you if you haven't competed before, try and take as much away from it as you possibly can because it's the best experience. It really is. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. The last thing I want to mention because it's got and just making sure all the questions are covered is someone's put. I may be overthinking it, but the bikini criteria says no thongs. Is the micro pro cut okay to use? So let's go through the back of a suit, whether your figure wellness or bikini. Right. The bikini is designed to enhance your physique, right? 
So uh, the cuts, your Brazilians, your pro cuts and things like that, lovely, right? Absolutely lovely. Some of them a little bit smaller, fine, but it's the straight thong, no go. No like a go. string, like an actual piece of string. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The actual straight line, no go. Because that doesn't enhance anything at all. That's but weird. The, it's, <laughs> right? It doesn't help at all. But of course, especially now, and again, now we've touched on the Masters competitors. Now that's not just Masters. I'm going to use that for all female categories. As I said, collagen production becomes a lot slower as we get older. Please take advice, not necessarily from somebody who's just selling the bikini, but your friends, your family, anything. The bikini, as I said, is designed to enhance your physique. Now, there is a product called Bikini Bites. Yeah, use that to your advantage. So if the bikini bottom is so small, it's not covering any loose skin find a, a bikini bottom that does mm -hmm. yeah so of course the thing is some of them some of the girls are wearing the bikinis that are so small which is fine it's it's fine but there's quite a lot of loose skin mm. so maybe go a little bit bigger in the bottom i'm not saying i want a full bum cheek cover or anything like that but the bikini bite is there for you yeah don't be afraid to glue yourself in mm -hmm. yeah but it's, again, it's designed to enhance. But unfortunately, the string or just the straight back thong, one leaves nothing whatsoever to the imagination. And believe me, we, we're all adult enough to know what's going on underneath the trunks and the thongs and everything else and the bottoms. We're all right. We got it covered. So, But as you say, it's very much about making it right for you. Yeah. So if you have a nice round glute, and the smaller bottom, uh, bikini bottom, sits lovely on the glutes, no problem. No straight thongs, no strings, no straight. But again, if you've seen the look on a previous bikini athlete or a wellness athlete or the figure athletes, and the glute is lovely and round and full, if you've got that same glute, fine. If you haven't, think. Yeah. yeah make sure that you wear the bottom that's absolutely right for you. Going back to, again, your own poses, your own look, the bikini that suits your physique, not somebody else's. Mm. I think I really learned that last year. I think, doesn't matter how many times someone tells you, <laughs> but I think for me, like, I definitely, it took me that many years to really go, no, like, I, you know, if it's, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. I just thought, yeah. I'm just going to wear black because I love wearing black. I'm just going to do like this whole pose. I just thought, I'm, and that's for me why I did the secret prep because it really got me so tunnel vision because I had no one giving their input. I had no one giving input because no one knew what was going on. So it was actually a blessing because I was so tunnel vision. I thought I'm only going to focus on what I like and what I want to do. And it was the best that I felt at every single stage. And I yes. really cannot stress that enough. Like, it's great getting people's opinions. But sometimes when too many people are just, like, throwing things your way, it can just, I think it, like, deters you. It sways you elsewhere when actually you've got to come back to you every single time. Absolutely right. Because this is, and it is, but it's, it, it's a little bit like this. When you learn to drive, you're taught to pass the test. Mm. Then... You go out and you drive your way. 
you do your thing. You drive with the window open. You've got your one arm out. The music's up playing. Actually, you know, it's freezing. I'd rather be out. That. We all find our own way. And this is the same. When we do posing courses and anybody that gives you the posing advice, they're teaching you how to pass the test, yeah. i.e. turn to the right, turn to the rear, turn to the right, back round to the front. How you and even um, I do posing uh, uh, posing routines for people and things like that. And as I always say to them, right there you are. There's a guide. Now you put you on it. Mm. You put your interpretation. As I always say with an eye walk, it's your interpretation of the eye walk. You know, and that's the thing. Never be afraid to put your flair on any part of this, any part of it, because mm. that's what I love to see more than anybody is individuals being the best they can, as opposed to clones of people who do it this way and do it that way. Yeah, but it works for them. But it yeah. doesn't mean to say it work for you, you know? Yeah. And, you know, short hair, long hair, no makeup, lots of makeup. If that's your thing, sweet, and you're comfortable with it, but don't do something because the previous winner did it. No, that was her. This is you. This is him. That's you, Yeah. Yeah, it makes the biggest difference when you're on stage. It really, really does when you are, when you've, all the choices that you've made with your posing, with like the look, the whole thing, when it's 100% true to you, it is, a, it is a, I think it's a completely different feeling on stage in comparison to like worrying whether, oh, shall I wear one bracelet or two bracelets? I remember literally deciding on the day of like what my look was. I had no idea. When I went to the makeup artist, they're like, what do you want? I'm like, I just don't want anything too excessive. Other than that, do you want me yeah. to? They're like, do you want to look at it? I'm like, to be honest, no. I just want to fall asleep, so I'm literally just gonna let you do it. And I just stopped overthinking. And the moment I stopped overthinking was when everything for me, I think, clicked with like who I am as a competitor. And I think sometimes it takes a few tries to get that yeah. right and to allow yourself just to be you. I think uh, it's really absolutely. Cool. You know, um, when, when well, no, she's obviously she's a judge. When Rachel last competed. And we literally went, no, no jewellery, no this, no that. And she looked absolutely stunning. Yeah. Hair, plain, back, slick, ponytail, nothing fancy, no bit, but it was perfect for her. Mm. And everybody else were like, are you having any curls? No. Are you doing it? No. But it was just absolutely no glitter on the bikini. It was a nice, and she just literally let the body do all the talking. Yeah. And that's exactly what we want, you know? If you, and as you say, I'm not saying don't do this and don't do that. If you're happy and comfortable with it and you feel as if, do you know what, I'm absolutely at my best, brilliant. If you feel as if like, oh, I, I you know, I, I, I'll do it, but I'm not really, oh, don't do it. Just don't do it. Just be your, just be the best version of you. Yeah. If you ever see me wearing hair extensions or nail extensions, you know I've gone lo loopy. <laughs> but as you say, though, I think in this, in today's climate with social media etc yeah. it is so easy you say it's just caught up into what everybody else is telling you to do and like you when you competed you still were on social media but you just didn't tell anybody that you were competing mm. you know so you competed for you yeah yeah um because i remember i mean we're going back but when i won the overall Nabba Wales in 1998. We're going back a bit. Obviously, no social media. But even then, because I remember the year before, I came third in my class, and I said, I'm going to win the overall next year. And that's all I trained for all year. But uh, the gym that we trained at, there 
it was kind of out of the way. There was no other real competitors there. I just sort of shut myself. Even on show day, we found an yeah. area away, completely the other side of the stage from all the other competitors. Nobody knew I was competing until I stood on that stage. And I remember, I remember the atmosphere at that show now to this day, you know, and but you say you're just doing it for you and it's so yeah. get easy to get caught up into yeah. all the other stuff, isn't it? You know? Yeah. But as you say, if anything, it was probably easier for us then because there was, there was no social yeah. media. There was nothing. So we never ever knew who was going to compete until they were stood next to you. It was so much easier because you was only you, you could focus on. So if anything, I would probably say the pressure on the athletes now is harder than ever before because it's all about what she's doing, what he's doing. But it's like, forget, just don't. Stop looking at other people. You, and as I always say, there is nothing you can do to make that other person win. Mm. And it's, but there's nothing they can do to make you lose. But there is, because the minute you let those get in your head, they've already won. So that year, for the whole year, in my training diary, I wrote Mr. Wales 1998 every single day. But my attitude was, because I was prepared, there could be somebody better than me. Mm. They could beat me. But I, that's what I trained for all year. But my attitude was, if somebody beats me, well, good luck to them, because they must have worked harder than me. Mm. And I just did everything I could that year. And then, because I, I remember there was a guy who competed in the same gym and he won his class and he was in the overall. And he said to me, if I'd won, I would have been jumping up and down on the stage. But you just went, yeah, thanks. And I said, well, I don't mean this big headed, but that's what I trained for. So it was like, yeah, great. Thank you. Right. Let's on to the next thing now. Mm. You know, but I was still prepared to lose. Not that I expected that, but like I said, in my mind, it was like, well, if anybody beats me, fine. They worked harder. They must deserve it. Then. Yeah. You know, and, but it was in some ways easier then because there weren't all the yeah. distractions. and. Yeah, but I think, you know, from leading on from what you're saying there, there is, I think there's a difference between, how do I put this? For me, I, it could have, it would have been it would have been an easy option. Like there's always a pain and pleasure, isn't it? We're all running towards pain or pleasure, and there's always a choice. And for me, I had a choice. I could have gone into my compact database and gone right. I'm gonna order because like people put the show date. I could have gone into that database because I can get their Instagram and go right. So, um, you know, PCA or Two Bros or. Fitex Darford. Ah, right. So ev I know everyone is doing P um, Fitex Darford. Sorry, I can see PC on my calendar. Um, yeah, I could have easily done that, but I chose not to. I could have gone on social media, but I chose not to, especially when I'm around bodybuilding all the time. I've got every single Instagram account. It's got competitors in my feed at some point, but I chose to eradicate it as much as I, poss I possibly could. I chose not to tell people. So I like, I always think, you know, it, it is a lot of pressure in this generation, you want to call it, but at the same time, there's always a choice. And it's whether I knew if I chose, if I chose another way, all it would have done is actually would, I wouldn't have gotten stage because I would have got way too inside my head because I know what I'm like. <laughs> 
I know exactly what I'm like. So there's always, you know, it is tougher and it is harder, but there is always a choice to be made. And it's whether you're choosing a choice out of the irrational part of your brain or actually out of the self-care. Because that's the way I saw it. I'm doing this self, I'm doing a self-care thing. I'm not going to look at other people because I know it just cuts into me. And it's like, why am I, why am I actually, why am I actively choosing to cut into myself? in that way there's just no it just doesn't serve anything but it took me so many years for me to start making the right choices does that make sense yeah mm. no totally and as you say the thing is and it's been like this now since since social media and there are now so many more platforms to look at that you know and or oh, so and so so and so said who yeah but she's on my link and the, I said, get rid just mm. Get rid of it. Do yourself a big favor. Concentrate on yourself. Don't worry about what anybody else is doing. Because believe me, they're not going to put their shit photographs. They're only ever going to put their good photographs. I said, so everybody has shit days. Everybody has good days. But focus on your own days. That's all you've got to do. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's hard though, God. When I had, I didn't, I didn't, when I was going to shows, I was like, oh, you competed, no photo shoot. My instant thing, I was like, no photo shoot, I'm just leaning for a photo shoot. You look really lean. Yeah, photo shoot, just photo shoot, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, is it the best, best decision? Um, I, that is literally everything that I have got covered on here. If there's anything else you think I've missed at all, but I think we've done pretty good. Um, no, not really. Obviously, the only thing is, for this season coming up now with FitX is the new height category for men, um, which I highlighted in the in the live we did and the posing course and various other things. It's all out there on the website and, and in the um, ca- uh, criteria. So they're all there for everybody to see. Muscle model, unfortunately, is no longer part of um, FitX for this season coming. But other than that, we're all good to go. Exciting Sunday. First show. I know. I think yeah. this will go out either this week or next week. But yeah, the season looks very, very good for FitX. I'm excited. But what I will say is these guys actually update their criteria, people. So actually look at it. Because sometimes I go, oh, don't bother with that federation because they haven't updated it since like they first got a computer. But these guys actually update their criteria. So do make sure you actually read it because they look yeah. at it, okay? And they tweak it. So yes. There you go. But yeah, I'll leave everyone's links. I'll leave FitX, the guys, also the gym as well, because their gym is amazing down in Wales, and I still haven't gone down to see it. So I'll just leave all the links. But thank you so much for both of you. More than welcome. All the knowledge bombs. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we look forward to seeing you all at a FitX show very, very soon. But please do attend the posing seminars and the judges seminars because they are so, so insightful. And every single judge is there to just give the advice and support the next generation of competitors. So yeah, absolutely. Definitely comes yeah. out. Brilliant. See you guys in the next episode.